Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show. Fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Here's Where It Went Wrong, the podcast where every week we sit down with one of our favorite comedians to talk about our favorite things in pop culture, sports, and history, and then trace its future, past, and present to figure out where it all went off the rails. I am your host today, Wynn Powers, and joined, as always, with my co-host, Andrew Nadeau. Andrew, how you doing? I am doing great. This is our first episode for Christmas but the third episode we recorded this week for Christmas. So I am very excited. This one, this is actually one of my most favorite to research. I actually thought I knew the topic pretty well, but I spent seven hours getting into this and there was a lot of cool stuff. So I'm really excited for this one. Ah, I'm really excited. It's going to be, this is going to be a good one. I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty confident about our, about our Christmas acumen. This is all based on the Charlie Brown Christmas, correct? Pretty much the entire thing. Yeah. If you know Snoopy, you got this down. Hell yeah. Great. Because that's the research I did for this experience. (laughs) That and watching the Jim Carrey Grinch and being like, I like it. Everyone hates that movie. I love it. I don't care. (laughs) Guys, our guest today is a local Mexican sweetbread, Angel Garcia. He is a stand-up comedian and sometimes magician hailing from the faraway land of Texas. He is a sober boy working in the drunkest profession when he is not slanging jokes He's trying to impress your significant other with magic tricks at variety shows. He's performed at multiple comedy festivals and christenings. He also wanted us to mention that when this pandemic is over, he is available for parties as a magician. He will also do it now for a doable minimum rate. His minimum rate is actually much cheaper than you think. Guys, welcome the very funny Angel Garcia. Angel, how you doing, man? Hey, everybody. How you doing? Hey, is a... Hey, kids, you guys want to see a magic trick? (laughs) Tell your parents to pay me. (laughs) Angel was actually the very first guest of the very first show that when and I produced was Spitfire, which I mean, I was relatively new on stage at that point, too. And he did a fantastic job and and got helped ease me into it a bit. So, Angel, (laughs) thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's a good time. I'm excited to bring some melanin to the conversation. Yeah, we appreciate it. We are very white. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good time. Yeah. I'm waiting for my blanket in the mail. I don't know why you guys are sending me one, but whatever. <laughs> right, <we've- laughs> Usually this is just me and Andrew talking about our favorite boats to ride on. So this yeah. is the best. <laughs> <laughs> the blings, by the way, when I have these heavy blanket backgrounds to try and muffle sound and we never think to, this should honestly, we should get some like embroidered ones and use it as like a podcast gift. Well, maybe like two white guys giving a brown person with a blanket not a good look, but, you know. oh, that's that's true there's some pretty messed up history there it's been a winning strategy in the past uh, yeah yeah sadly you're not wrong now angel you mentioned santa slay and quick thing i noticed that there's like five genres in all of fiction there's man versus man uh man versus nature man versus himself man versus god And then there is Santa has an axe, everybody, and he's fucking pissed. There's like nine killer Santa movies. There's a lot of killer Santa movies. And you know what? We need more, quite frankly. We don't have enough to star, like former WWE stars. Yeah, former like world champions this last year, Goldberg. Yeah, exactly. Which is great because like Goldberg's like the most popular Jewish wrestler of all time. I mean, I mean not that there's a deep His last pool. Name's Goldberg. Yeah, it's it's not like we have a ton to choose from there. <laughs> like if somebody was like, "What's Bill Goldberg's last real name?" I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's, <laughs> it's just probably Goldberg, Goldberg man. <laughs> <laughs> like it's probably just. I think it's just Goldberg, and it's like, yep, it is. His name's just Goldberg. You said it was Goldbergwitz, so he changed it to be less Jewish for show business. Yeah, and he somehow made it more Jewish. <laughs> That's the scary part. But yeah, I mean, I love horror movies. I think Mandra and I have had conversations about this where horror movies are the jam. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, the only thing that I truly, like, deeply enjoy about Christmas outside of the food, and it's not even, like, Christmas food. It's like, yeah, this is the Mexican food we eat when it's a lot of us. <laughs> right. <laughs> is is uh, 
like tamales and stuff during Noche Buena, which we'll get into in a bit. We'll get there because today's topic is, of course, part of the, the festive season. We're talking Christmas today and where that went wrong. Andrew, you sent us so many notes. Just It was too many notes. It was a solid seven pages of notes. I'm legitimately, I am impressed. I was like, damn. Andrew, did you convert <laughs> by the end of your research? Because like you've studied, you've studied Christmas more than I have. And I was raised Catholic going to Catholic school my whole life. And yet I think you might know more about my religion than I do. <laughs> Here's the thing. I, I find it. I think I have that slightly distance outside of perspective that we've mentioned this so many times. I feel like I should tell you guys, the audience, that my father was Christian, by the way. I grew up with Christmas. I'm just <laughs> Jewish. So I've, I've got that that double side. <laughs> so that made up religion in uh, the OC was based on your household? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, that was I completely forgot about that with the Yama Claws. God, they forced that one. I mean, it was funny. It was a cute thing. But like, it's OK. We can just have both. <laughs> I mean, it's like the two things you remember, that stupid holiday and like, mm, what you say? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I also remember Adam Brody just being uh, just a sweetheart. You're actually, Andrew, I would consider you the Adam Brody of our podcast. I am definitely the Ryan of the group because I'm dumb and I just like, Act on impulse that gets me in a lot of trouble as we go. And you acted in Gotham. Oh, yeah. No, I was great. I was great playing the, the title character of Commissioner Gordon in Gotham. The title character. His name's not Bill Gotham. What? what I'm, I'm, I'm drunk. Yeah. Yes, I'm Jim Gotham. <laughs> Sorry, quick, by the way, Adam Brody, best compliment I've ever received, which is sad, but also I'm happy with it. Whenever a movie doesn't have Adam Brody in it, I think the cast sits around and be like, who should have been replaced with Adam Brody? <laughs> so wait, quick Christmas OC story. So I, I'm a kid, you know, teenager when it comes out, and I have bad taste in TV, so I want the OC DVD to watch it. Uh, so I, I ask my mother for this and she orders it and apparently she orders like the real women of oc <laughs> and it's just one of those like girls gone wild videos so apparently it shows up at our house and she's like what was the show that you asked for i was like the the tv show <laughs> the tv show that is way too dramatic it has the the yama claws so <laughs> well she bought porn i did not receive the porn <laughs> thanks mom <laughs> yeah she's like man these uh these uh metal drums were a poor choice <laughs> that is definitely a stocking stuffer if i've ever heard of one hey Nailed it. it's a wrap guys it's a 10 minute I, uh, podcast this week there we go show's over guys so i uh did not receive the, the porn obviously i just got a horrified conversation with my mother where she had to confirm this was not what i asked for <laughs> and that was super awkward for everyone involved <laughs> It's like, you're, you're disgusting, Andrew. I, don't, I imply that your mother sounds. You're disgusting. How could you do this to me? Your mother. Why did your voice get deeper for my mother? <laughs> Some bad <at> accents. <laughs> you know me, Andrew. I love getting to dumb voices that I can't. I know. My my mother's apparently hot Harvey Firestein. This <laughs> Andrew, I can't believe you've done this to me. <laughs> Andrew, come on. Andrew. <laughs> you're, you're asking for porn for Christmas to get Andrew. <laughs> Andrew, how could you do this to me? How could you? I'm your mother. That was actually about the point where we just kind of fully embraced the Judaism side. <laughs> I think she was just oh done. <laughs> well, th yeah, because then you could ask for eight porn yeah. <laughs> Played this wrong, mom. <laughs> Backfired. Meanwhile, your dad walks in and is like, what'd you guys do with the, what'd you do with the DVD? <laughs> You throw it out? Come I on. mean, are we just going to throw it out? This feels wasteful. I, I mean, we're Jews. Do we really want to just throw any away? <laughs> Can you return it? <laughs> Already whoa, best whoa, episode. Who said return anything? <laughs> hey, I, whoa, let's take a look at this. I'll do it for science. Uh, I like how my guy turned into like an agent in New York. Yeah. I like how both of his parents have the same voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course they do. Well, one's huskier and it's weirdly yeah. the mom. <laughs> all right, all right. Christmas. Christmas, right. So let's let's hit on some of the uh, origins of Christmas here, because this was the stuff where it's like, OK, I, I thought I knew this pretty well with the, the pagan origins and then Roman Saturnalia. Here, I'll take I'll take the lead on this one. Yeah, please. The year was 1902. What was interesting about this was Path to Christmas is so convoluted, but also like none of it's surprising. It's all very traceable. 
Like you get to Pope Julius I and you're like, oh God, of course he claimed it was Jesus' birthday. And then you get to Oliver Cromwell and you're like, oh God, he's going to be a little bitch about this. He's, that's what he's going to do. And it's consistently there despite the fact that it is so messed up the path this takes. I always feel like the the making it Jesus' birthday, I always feel like they probably gaslit him. <laughs> Like they forgot his birthday and they're like, you forgot my birthday. It's like, no, we didn't. It's Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> That's when your birthday is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. It's in three weeks, asshole. Oh, I guess it is in three weeks. The three wise men were just like, just so you know, this is for your birthday and Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so it's the same day? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, research, go. Yeah, so let's back up for a second. We're going to hit Jesus soon. But we've got Yule, the Germanic celebration, which is obviously the base of a lot of this because it's the winter solstice. It's it's the shortest day of the year. It's cold. They need to plan to survive the winter. And also there's a little bit of hope as the days are about to start getting longer. So they bring in the Yule log, which is the largest log they could find. But it's a tree. It's an entire tree. They put the end in the fireplace and they set it on fire. And as each part burns down, they shove a little bit more of this entire tree into the fireplace. So those little like Yule log chocolate rolls, not really what it was. They've got this. They've got obviously the the pine tree because evergreen trees are basically the hope that is going to get you through a torturous winter. And they've got the giant feast because most of their cattle isn't going to survive the winter. They don't have the food to feed it. So you've got a lot of meat. You've got a giant tree. You've got the the days starting to get longer again, and you've got to survive the winter. So it's a lot of celebration. You also have Odin, who is god of this festival. And this is the first part where you get like, oh, okay, this is where everything's going to start coming in later. Wait, Anthony Hopkins was there? That, <laughs> the, the other Odin? Honestly, I feel like he would have nailed this one, though. Because the uh, Odin's flight of this year, this is a very supernatural time for them. It has the, the wild hunt, which is this ghostly procession. And Odin was the god of this festival, and the flight would decide who would prosper or perish in the coming year, who was good or bad. Odin was also, of course, known for his flying eight-legged horse, Sleipnir. And then he was accompanied by two ravens who would listen at the chimneys of houses to tell Odin about the good and bad behavior of the mortals to determine who was going to live or die the coming year. Odin is your origin of Santa Claus. This is wild, because, I mean, you. I see, now I see, like, the origin of all of it. Like, it wasn't eight reindeer, it was an eight-legged horse. Oh, yeah. It wasn't elves, it was two ravens. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just a different bearded white guy. It, it absolutely was. The, the tie-ins are so obvious here. And then the Romans, you, you get Saturnalia, which is, they're celebrating the same thing. They're farther south. It's not as cold, but you still got to kind of get through it. And this single day event was then brought to three days and then five. What do you mean by it wasn't cold? Like it was just a warmer temperature? It, they're in Rome. So it's not as bad as it is up in the Scandinavian country. So it's not like it's comfortable. Oh, that's right. Scandinavia, right. So it's not like comfortable in either place, but originally. It's like how Californians, they're like, mm, 60 degrees. Right. Like, like <laughs> Versus like the Midwest who are like still going to school and eight feet of snow. Yeah, exactly. That was it. So Romans are doing it. But also the Roman Empire is huge by this point. So, you know, they've got their coal areas too. And they've got this, I, I mean, this massive festival that is kind of the antithesis of everything that Norm was typically about. Macrobius, who wrote the seven books of Saturnalia, says it was an almost a two-week celebration at this point. All things serious are banned, was a line from his book. There was public gambling, festivals, feasts, games, chariot racing. Masters served their slaves. The conservative aristocracy dressed in bright colors. This is kind of closer to Mardi Gras than the Christmas we'd know today. I was about to say, this sounds like the festival of fools from like Hunchback of Notre Dame. It does. It's straight up does dude and also like it is like mardi gras if you're in the right places yeah <laughs> i mean it's this massive celebration and people are are so distracted there are actually occasional plots to overthrow the government during these celebrations because everything was shut down for these two weeks or you know three days five days depending on, the, on when you were i wonder if they thought they got a mulligan i wonder if they were just like guy it was part of the silly things <laughs> we're doing right now yeah. <laughs> well maybe maybe they were just mad because they're like i need to renew my passport <laughs> <laughs> well, like the masters are serving the slaves they're like look crime is legal this is the purge i can get away with it <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's exactly what it, it was honestly surprisingly close for a lot of stuff later on that we, we see uh, more in the medieval period but yeah no catalina had planned to murder the Senate and burn the city. Only Cicero uncovered and stopped it in 63 BCE. The town of Cicero, Illinois did yeah. that. <laughs> Cicero, you might also know from the play Julius Caesar, where he was kind of like tried, you know, didn't really murder him, but was like there. So... <laughs> <laughs> 
He's like, yeah, guys, I'm helping. No, you're just standing. No, 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 no. I'm yeah. <laughs> like, there's blood on me. No, that's jam from the sandwich. Well, and, and the Roman Saturnalia is, is what you start to see to lead in to the next about thousand years of Christmas celebration because the Roman solstice also had the Mithra celebration, which was this small sect of Zoroastrian practitioners who celebrated the god Mithra, the sun god. And Mithraism was seen as an early rival to Christianity. And Mithra's story, pretty familiar. His birthday was the holiest day of the year. He was born December 25th. He was said to be born from a rock where shepherds came to worship him as an infant. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> so at this point, this is a threat to Christianity. Christians are getting bigger. It's just like two kids Having having to share a party. Yeah. Like, I don't want to share a party anymore. Jesus has already got a stepdad, like right away. He's not happy about any of it. It's a whole thing. It's a whole <laughs> thing. Wow. Actually, fun fact, if you want to know more about like Mithraism, uh, the new show on HBO, Raised by Wolves, is a really good example of it. Is it? Uh yeah, it's, it's like the like the whole story is kind of based on like what would have happened if like the world adopted Mithraism versus Christianity. Oh, that's cool. All right, I'm watching that as soon as we finish recording. It's really, I'm exact, in fact, put it on now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hello, I'm Angel, sponsored by HBO Max. Yeah. <laughs> None of us write for this show right now. We're hoping by the end of this, we're going to get some work going. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> so this is basically the tie into Christianity here, because scholars and religious leaders, they had only cared about Jesus's death and resurrection. In fact, the year that we've based our calendar on, starting at year zero, most likely not the year Jesus was born. They, they didn't care about this. But around 350 CE, Pope Julius I realizes that he can't really compete with all these massive holidays. So in su suddenly, December 25th is declared Jesus' birthday, despite there are no earlier writings about this. And one of the ways we've used to kind of determine when it actually was, was there are lines about how uh, shepherds were said to be out in the fields watching their flocks at night. This would have only happened in the spring. There's not a lot of detail, but it's generally assumed nowhere near Jesus' birthday. It was probably born in the spring. Well, I, I do got to say, I got I to gotta kind of interject here because they were just like, okay, we got to figure out when the right day was. So what if we just go by the book we don't believe? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Literally. It's just like, look, look, we're going to figure out the facts here by reading the book that they wrote for us to say what the facts are. Yeah. God, I wish we had like a calendar or something that would tell us something <laughs> in writing. Putting it on December 25th is like when there, like there was Toyota-thon and then all the other car dealerships decided to also do deals at this time. <laughs> That's a really accurate way to describe it, right? It's the Ford Bronco event. This is BS. It's Toyota-thon. We're happy holidays now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. And they, they co-opt everything, though. They, they The trees are still taken inside, but now they're decorated with apples to symbolize the Garden of Eden, which is obviously where we get ornaments hung from the trees from today. Wait a second. So what, you, what you're saying is Christmas is a lot like the English language, <laughs> where it got bastardized from a lot of different things by a different group of white people. I mean, it, that's exactly what it was. That's exactly what it was, except Christmas at a certain point, they started claiming more of like, no, we definitely invented this. <laughs> oh, no, no, that's over some white people shit then. Yeah, oh, it was it was classic white people stuff. So so what you're saying is, it's the Karen holiday. Yeah. <laughs> I mean- It's the Karen holiday. It, it sadly absolutely is. And this, it honestly stays about this for about a thousand years. The church has said, look, we don't really care what you do. Just say you're doing it for Jesus. They, they let this bacchanalia persist. They let people do whatever they want, these massive celebrations. They were like, as long as you're virtue signaling, you're fine. That was exactly it. And it, it lasted this way until about the Middle Ages. You want to tell us a little bit about uh, Puritan England? So by the Middle Ages, Christianity pretty much just gained control over pagan religions. They were just like, I like this flavor and I like this flavor. We're going to mix them together, y'all. I want peanut butter. I want chocolate. If you want to worship the sun god, that's fine, but we're going to make him a baby and we're going to call him Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, we like Jesus now. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so on December 25th, the public was called to Christ Mass in churches, uh, but the streets were still up in wild celebration. So they were like, you have to come and go to church, and then you can hit up Bourbon Street, which I'm going to be honest, is how so many people I knew partied in the South, so it kind of does make sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> That makes a lot of sense to me because I remember growing up. I, mean, I, I, I swear, sometimes in the holy water receptacle, there was every clear punch. <laughs> like that's, that's how wild this sounds, dude. But that's just how it was. If you were in England around Christmas time, you would definitely confuse this for like Mardi Gras or Halloween. It wasn't like 
family friendly songs and like you're just going door to door like asking for pudding from strangers you are okay that sounds like halloween now that i think about it but (laughs) (laughs) but you were just like it was just wild out there and they're just like look as long as you go into that church at some point today you can keep this going all night we don't care There were drunken brawls in the streets. People were begging for money outside all the churches. And it was declared Lord of Misrule, which I want that to be my nickname. That is is a sick ass name, dude. They would get this beggar or student and they would be put temporarily in in charge. By the way, when said all night, this was a 12 day event of partying. Wait, so like you're telling me they gave a frat bro all the power? No wonder I went for 12 days. They'll put a beggar or student in charge. Once again, this is the plot of the Hunchback of Notre Dame. They were like, you're the king of fools. You're the Lord of Misrule. Oh, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. And he's just like, we're ripping bonks for Jesus, baby. Yeah. In fact, that the now that that figgy pudding that that when mentioned at the time was you would go around to the rich people's houses and demand to be given food. And if they didn't give you their best food and their best beer, they would receive a trick, obviously trick-or-treat connections here too, which could be vandalism or violence. But the roles were reversed during these 12 days of Christmas. So what is figgy pudding? Figgy pudding, at this point, figgy referred not just to figs, but to pretty much all dried fruit. So there was an evolution over time of what figgy pudding actually, uh, how it was prepared, but it's basically this dough with dried fruit that is steamed or boiled for a number of hours. So it's an empanada. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it was partly popular because it could just sit for months and then you could heat it up again by boiling it for an hour so you could send it to relatives overseas. Gotcha. So it's a grocery store empanada. Yeah. (laughs) That's exactly what it was, yeah. 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visiting Indeed each month according to Comscore. Total visits. So it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. And that's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Gotcha. So it's a grocery store in Panama. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what it was. Yeah. So so there's a Lord of Misrule, right? Go on. But you have the Lord of Misrule. You have people going door to door just being like, hey, rich people, give us your best food. And then they're like, hey, someone actually already came by and took our food. They're like, get them. And if you want to see like the caroling uh, aspect of it, here is a carol that they would sing at the time. Uh, and I'm just going to I don't know the melody, so I'm just going to say it. Come, butler. Come fill us a bowl of the best. Then we hope that your soul in heaven may rest. 
but if you do draw us a bowl of the small, then down shall go butler, bowl and all. They would show up. Yeah. Bars. Straight up. <laughs> demand <spitting> food. <laughs> and they're like, give us your best. And if they're like, here's some okay stuff, they're like, let's beat the shit out of this piece of shit butler. <laughs> and also, now that I read it out loud and like look at that ending, was that the Rockabye Baby medley? I mean, it's not when you, it's actually more like, Irish folk song. It's surprisingly catchy. Like I listened to this more than once when I went to find it. It's it's no guys. It's called uh, Wassail Wassail All Over Town. So look it up. It's it's worth listening to and figuring out what they violently sang about in the 1600s. I just I bumped me. I'm kind of bummed out now because like you're telling me like Christmas used to be this dope holiday where people partied and it was an attack on the bourgeoisie and it turned into this capitalistic nightmare. That is actually the exact part we reached. Our next the next line of my notes right after this was the where it went wrong in 1642 please angel tell us (laughs) where did it go wrong it went wrong uh around 1642 we have the english civil wars so it's uh part of the wider wars it's the whole island was warring essentially because there's like three separate kingdoms there's multiple inaccurate movies about it feel free to watch them (laughs) a lot there's so many. Jeez. And everybody's like, now I'm the king. Now, fuck that. You're, it's bullshit. <laughs> Wait, can I curse on this? I just realized. <laughs> no, yeah, you can curse as much as uh, you want. We're fine. No, it's just like a whole lot of stuff's going on. And like the whole time Irish Confederates are like just trying to end this. Like there's as much as war is happening, there's a group of like Irish Catholics. Uh, sorry, I, Irish uh, Irish Confederates who are just like, please just stop being racist to us. We don't really care who's the king. <laughs> yeah. Just as long as, I mean, and like all the other kings were like, get him. Like all at once. <laughs> it was just like, it was a, it was a nightmare. And uh, so what they figured out is like, how, how we, can we control the people? How, how do we like basically give everybody something nice? How do we get them stimulus checks so they shut up? <laughs> <laughs> and they used uh, they used Christmas, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> it's kind of messed up, but that's that's essentially what they did. Like, um, I mean, like it's all of that. There's national conflict. You know, this is kind of scary how relevant all this is now. Oh, very. It's kind of terrifying. But basically, uh, what happened is, you know, King's abusing his Charles. Charles is abusing his power, and like. You know, he thinks they're gods on earth. It's a whole thing. The parliament's not working. It's uh, essentially the 24 news hour cycle that's happening now is happening back in the day. And we're just waiting on Congress to essentially be like, but Christmas, everyone. I absolutely love this idea of there just being a war out there. And they're like, guys, you can't be doing this. It's Christmas. And they're like, <laughs> what are you talking about? They're like, you know, Christmas, peace on earth and goodwill towards man. <laughs> and they're like trying to do bong grips. Like, what are you? That's never been this holiday. <laughs> no, and, and that was it. Charles I is parliament at this point is not fixed. They meet when the king requests that they meet. And the the parliament is made up by the House of Lords and the House of Commons. The House of Commons are made up of the landed gentry. These are the people that will collect the taxes. So here's where the big problem is. Charles wants to do everything without the parliament. Parliament is saying, cool, you need money because you keep spending it on wars. You can't get that without us. So Charles keeps reconvening the parliament. They question him. And like a week later, he disbands them. And he does this over and over and uh, the landed gentry who's making who are making up the house of commons are also heavily influenced and and are largely puritan at this point and puritans have adopted the viewpoint of all of of, of this bacchanalia this the celebration this is obviously not what the bible was about christmas even mentioned in the bible all of this is wrong So they hate Charles for a number of reasons, largely because he oversteps, but also because he does keep pushing Christmas and larger celebrations. They're saying, well, you you guys created Church of England not too long ago. This is way more close to Catholicism. What are we doing here until this finally breaks and he just pushes too far and they reach the English Civil War? I mean, like the whole thing was essentially like, if if you're going to put it like in very simple terms, he's like, he was a mob boss. Oh, yeah who was like, I don't need y'all. And it's like, uh, you kind of do. It's like, no, no, I don't. Yeah. I have control of everything. <laughs> I can do this myself. And they're like, no, you can't. And he's like, yeah, fuck you guys. And then he sends them away. And then like two weeks later, he's like, I need money. Yeah. <laughs> so he brings them back. And like, he's basically just doing this over and over. It's like, it wasn't it like 11 years of something or a tyranny or something? The, the 11 years of tyranny. He did this for over a decade. That's the scary part. Like he did, Oh, yeah. He kept doing this over and over. The 11 years were when he refused to have, a, he actually had to convene them, but he refused to call it a parliament. These 11 years were when he just went off until obviously eventually he's he's at odds with, with Scotland, with Ireland. Now his own people 
and eventually it just breaks. I do just love the idea of him bringing everyone in and being like, okay, guys, leave your money uh, at the door. We're about to start parliament, you guys. They all put their money over there and he's like, okay, you can leave now. And he does that uh, like they fall for it multiple times. <laughs> yeah, just the idea of like, I think it's going to be different this time. It's like, this is the eighth time, Charles. Yeah. <laughs> and the best part is like, while all this is happening, the Congress is like relatively still like, all right, we got to c- control this somehow. And they're still pushing Christmas the whole time. <laughs> and like, even the king's in on it. He's like, yeah, guys, it's Christmas. It's April, dude, chill. Well, <laughs> and, <laughs> in, in fact, yeah, I mean, that that does bring us to where it it really went wrong because this, this has the, the Civil War, which again will become multiple civil wars but the first one ends in 1646 with a power vacuum where the parliamentary forces of the new model army it was a hoover vacuum yeah <laughs> they, they've become the most powerful force by kind of a lot all of a sudden there are going to be two more civil wars before oliver cromwell is officially named lord protector which is king by another name but in 1647 the parliament is now in control they have a, a strong protestant contingent now controlling the english government so, like, the first thing they do, I believe this is actually in June, they ban Christmas. This is where it really went wrong. Tell When, how about you tell us about the Christmas ban? I just want to start off by saying, what kind of Disney-level villain just starts his stuff by being like, guess what, guys? Christmas is canceled. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was essentially being a dad being like, you know what? No more Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> no more Christmas. That is a children's bad guy plot right there. And for a thousand years, we had the Christmas that I would love to have now. It was, it was, you were celebrating with your loved ones, but it was also, honestly, you were celebrating with everybody. Your loved ones might have been there. I don't know. It was a giant party. Everyone loved it. Everyone had a great time. And for just like two weeks, everybody chilled. And then Cromwell comes in. Except for the butler. The butler probably fucking hated that holiday. I mean, the, the, the butler wasn't doing He's great. He's like, I want to go door to door. And they're like, no, you have to you have to work over the holidays so that the peasants can beat the shit out yeah. of him. <laughs> it's not his fault, guys. He's one of you. It's literally, God, those poor, poor serfs, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's still a thing at that point. <laughs> but basically, Cromwell comes out there and he wants to get rid of like the decadent and the over the topness. He's He wants to get rid of anything that wasn't biblical christmas was a huge example of that he's like look we don't even celebrate this it's not mentioned in the bible we're getting rid of this two-week party and we're going to replace it with a day of fasting which is the worst trade-off i've ever heard in my entire life (laughs) it's the worst right you know that day where you finally can afford food because you've been saving up all of year instead just don't eat anything and by the way, you've just survived a war. This was going to be your like your, your one break after a year of war. Could you imagine if like you were like promised like guess what? It's sex week and then we're just like just kidding. We're replacing sex week with ball punching hour. And it's just like, <laughs> these are these are equal in my eyes. Same thing. I've never experienced fun ever. So no one gets to experience fun. <laughs> but honestly, this wasn't an unheard of. In the 1560s, the Scottish Kirk uh, which was Protestant, had abolished Christmas, just got rid of it entirely. He didn't ban it. He's like, it doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and this lasted until 1617 when James I kind of like edged in there and was just like, hey guys, Christmas is back. Like he very like, he he wasn't like, let's do the party again. He was just like, hey guys, we're, we're going to do Christmas again. He really kept it on the down low. It was just like, hey guys, um, <laughs> hey guys. So just, hey, look. <laughs> If you're going to do Christmas, I'd rather you do it at home, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather you do it, you know, here where we're, where it's safe. It's fine. Honestly, just, it's fine. It's all right. I don't want a lot of people over, though, while they're ripping bongs with all your friends. Yeah. <laughs> I love that all of our jokes about this are actually really what Christmas was at the time. It was just, it was insane. Like, as a person, I mean, like, I mentioned this in my act every once in a while, that uh, I'm sober, you know, I don't do anything anymore. Just hearing about these parties, I'm like, Man, I remember my first Christmas. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it just takes you back to like, man, you know, it was another. Oh, back. yeah. No, they, they were <laughs> insane. Fucking wild. Anyways, eventually... Where did the Solemn League of Covenant come from? The Solemn League of Covenant is a treaty signed with the Scots to get their military assistance. The members of parliament would ensure further reformation of the Church of England took place in exchange for the uh, Scottish assistance in this civil war. So this encouraged religious radicals to just go in and look at the calendar of, of religious holidays and be like, no, yes, no, no. 
No. Okay, so far, only, like, one of these cool-ass names has lived up to the cool-ass name. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, the Lord of Miss... Miss the Lord whatever. of Misrule is, yeah, the only yeah, good thing. It's the only cool name that's lived up to it. All the other ones, like, the Solemn Covenant of, you're like, oh, what is that? Yeah, no, no, most of the boring names are the names they came up with to try and end Christmas. The cool stuff was all the stuff that happened during Christmas. That's where you get the, the Figgy Pudding and the Lord of Misrule. Figgy Pudding, I mean, obviously not a great name now, but at the time, I assume, pretty badass. So, eventually, uh, because they were going around and they were looking at the calendar and they were, like, messing with all the holidays, they were like, let's put the monthly fast day on Christmas. Instead of it being a celebration, we're going to make it a solemn day of humiliation. Can you imagine going from the wild parties of this like Bacchanal and then turning it into today is your day of humiliation and repentance where you remember your sins and you think of the suffering of Christ. And it's like, he was a baby on that day. He wasn't (laughs) suffering. He was asleep in straw. I mean, we still kind of have that tradition. It's called Christmas dinner with your in-laws. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But but this is actually what I I had mentioned before about the path you can see through Christmas. We actually still pick up aspects of this and they come back into play post-Victorian era where we try and insert a little bit of this back into it. Because yeah, there is constant connection throughout all of history. As, As Christmas changes drastically, we take a little bit of that and put it all into the Christmas we have now, except mostly not the fun parts. Welcome to Christmas. Just the bad stuff. Yeah. <laughs> hey, brother, welcome to Christmas and fuck you. Like, yeah. exactly We're is. not shotgunning beers in the middle of the street anymore, but there are a lot of moral obligations that you have to fulfill to both your God and family. Welcome. It's Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> One way or another, you're on your knees. <laughs> There are actually stories of, of this time when they've banned it. They forced shops to stay open. They've also sent town criers down the street with bells yelling, no Christmas, no Christmas. I mean, you will be punished for celebrating Christmas. So Christmas moves underground. God, Tucker Carlson is somewhere wanking off to this discussion right here. <laughs> he really is. I've got notes on that later because the tie-in between the current claims are so insane once you learn the history. Because England does freak out about this. In in London, a, a crowd of apprentices assembled on Cornhill on Christmas Day. They, their protest was putting up ivy and holly on the public water conduit. And the mayor had to send officers to take down the decorations. They had to send in soldiers to stop them from hanging up holly. But the worst was in Canterbury, where for weeks the city is actually controlled by the rioters who decorated doorways with holly and shouted royalist slogans. This is wild. We haven't even made it to the other war that happened. No, that's it. It actually paved the way for a major insurrection in Kent in 1648, which was part of why the Second Civil War formed, banning Christmas caused the second civil war i just love the idea of rioters taking over a part of the city and being like you can't stop us and like instead of like burning things down they're like put up the tree yeah (laughs) everyone sing merrily or else i mean it was was really intense they're just like what what happened to the lower east side it's whoville yeah (laughs) put up the inflatable frosty guys we're rioting yeah (laughs) that's right make sure that the bottom ball is bigger than the middle one on top you make this snowman proportional god damn it it's christmas and this this goes on i mean it kind of slows down a bit because the second civil war has broken out which it ends with the beheading of charles the first in 1649 as war does yeah <laughs> but at this point parliament has taken full power in 1652 they take it further shops are now forced to stay open churches are forced to stay closed and some commentary i heard on this that was interesting was the religious extreme had failed to suppress yuletide for a thousand years the only thing they managed to finally do was stop their own religious observance man that is some horseshoe theory right there yeah we got so <laughs> religious that we accidentally closed the churches yeah <laughs> so this is a big oversimplification but there was a line basically saying re-accept the monarchy if it allowed us christmas again so it's been argued but i think kind of incorrectly that one of the reasons for the eventual uh, restoration of the monarchy in 1660 was christmas people missed this enough they wanted it back and it didn't really take long for them to get back into it once obviously Charles II took the throne again and immediately undid all of the laws 
of the past, I believe, 12 years. He did one big executive order and he's like, all right, everything's fine now. That's it. Yeah, everything everything before that was undone, which which really brings us to Christmas in America, which is, you know, pretty similar. But I, I think that's a good point to talk about some of the Christmas traditions we had here, because Angel, you had mentioned that in Mexico, it was a pretty different celebration. Well, I can't fully speak for like the country of Mexico. I can definitely speak about like, uh, you know, the Mexican experience of like Noche Buena. So, I mean, like all I know is literal, like just like what we experience, which is, you know, you go to church usually and you see like a play of the <laughs> the birth of Jesus. I just remember that a lot. <laughs> but mostly like, you know, Christmas Day isn't like the big thing it is with like a lot of other people. It's more like Christmas Eve. That's like the big one. It's mostly f- it's for a lot of na- Latin American cultures, but I just know specifically like for us. Right. And like the big thing is like um, you don't open your gifts in the morning. You open them at midnight. Clock hits midnight, gift given time, there's lots of food. It's family, and family is a broader term at that point, because it's like, and your close friends, and this. I do remember one Noche Buena, at one point there was five generations of the same family in the same house. Really? And everybody was in their 30s, it didn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, just, you know, that's just, you know, you know, Catholic Mexicans, what do you expect, right? Everybody's <laughs> close to each other, relatively. But yeah, I just remembered like a Christmas like that and stuff like that, you know. And you know, it's a it's a great time. You have a lot of like tasty food, like a big one here in North in Texas specifically. At least with my experiences, like tamales, uh, menudo pozole, all the sweetbreads, all of them. Name a name a Mexican sweetbread. It's there, like legitimately. <laughs> and and it's just like it's a really good time. And like it's, I mean, it's very traditional, like OG traditional, like Christmas, because everybody's partying. There's lots of drinking. There's right. lots of there's dance. Like I mean, a Mexican <laughs> party will last till next Christmas. You do it right. You know what I'm saying? Like so, like I just I know that that's my Christmas experience. Like Christmas Day, you know, is like hey, it's Christmas. It's a day off of work, but like you know. Noche Buena is where it's at. Like, you you wear your Sunday best. You look good. And then at 7 a.m., you're disheveled. And you're like, we need barbacoa. Like, you need something. Because <laughs> everybody's hungover. And you're like, I need something to eat. Like, it's fucking, it's ridiculous. But, I mean, yeah. And, like, it's, and, I mean, that's the main experience I have. I know that in places like, uh, you know, because, like, Turkey is popular as well. You know, like, and so that's, like, a cool thing. And, like, other types of regional foods. But I just know about, like, mine specifically. But I, I do have a, a Peruvian friend who's like, yes, we eat a turkey. And I'm like, okay. That's, that's you don't have to. Specific. <laughs> I'm like, you don't, you know, you don't have to, right? And they're like, no, it's what we do. And you're like, well, all right then. <laughs> so, I'm a ham family, personally. <laughs> we need a pineapple in this ham right now. But, like, in other places, it's things like, you know, lechon, um, jamon, ham. <laughs> yeah. But, like, it's all regional and specific and stuff. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it all varies. But, yeah, I mean, that's what I know about, like, just, you know. And, like, it's also, like, a day of, like, being with family, remembering the people that aren't there with you. And as traditional Mexicans do it, we do it by partying. So it's a lot of that. And I do know that it dates back to like, it's cold now. We got to stay warm. We're angry. <laughs> it's funny how like Christmas doesn't change at all in multiple ways up until like very recently. Very are recently. We, are we jumping into Christmas into America now? Yeah, sure. Let's say Christmas in America. And I'll cover this real quick because I, I I think this is the least interesting. I want to get have you guys do Victorian traditions and the Santa origins because that was some strange stuff. But basically, the Puritans that fled to America were more orthodox than ones that stayed in England in 1620. So they don't want anything with Christmas. The 1719 Almanac, Christmas isn't listed, but there's this note in late December that says you probably shouldn't let your kids or servants go out at night. <laughs> so we know <laughs> stuff is still going on. But also with the Revolutionary War, all things English fell out of favor and this had a high English association still. Combine that with the rise of the Industrial Revolution in the early 1800s, the gap between classes becomes greater and more evident in times of decadent celebration like Christmas. So by the 1820s, it seems like New York, Christmas is just this time of gang rioting. It's, it's bonkers because even though it went across the pond, Christmas literally didn't change. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was still like a rager that turned into riots because of class divide. Except now it was just angry. <laughs> yeah, now it's just angry. They're like, oh, I'm drinking, but I'm bad. Like you're drinking because you're angry, not because you're trying to Oh, have yeah. Fun. No, it's, in fact, it gets so violent that in 1828, the New York City Council for the first time instituted a professional police force for the city. So New York City police, we have Christmas riots to thank because the riot in 1827 was so bad. And the Rangers didn't even win that year. Yeah. <laughs> 
So you've got writers like Washington Irving, who is America's best-selling novelist. He wrote Bracebridge Hall, a story about the different classes coming together. But the big change comes with Charles Dickens in A Christmas Carol, which is a bestseller in London and America. And this was a driving force behind the reacceptance of Christmas. Also because it coincided with a shift in the perspective in family. Before this, kids were like, cool, you're seven, you're old enough to work. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> And then they started to be like, hey, maybe they'll become healthier adults with some emotional growth. And Christmas was this opportunity to say, look, we're treating you with affection, but it's not weird. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm convinced that one of the reasons that did so well is because there was just so many kids with crutches and canes. Like, like, Man, so we're many. messing up as people here. <laughs> it made a lot of people just go, hey, that book was really good. Do you want to do that celebration from the book we all like? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's literally like how everybody named their kid Khaleesi because of game of thrones yeah <laughs> it's like it's like how like quidditch is a sport that's played on college campuses like it's just like oh we're just doing the thing from the book we like so much oh and like now like for christmas it's harry potter marathons on tv yeah <laughs> they're like this is a christmas movie just because there's a scene in christmas every year doesn't make it a christmas movie. christmas carol is looked back on like it was a documentary of the time but in fact a lot of the celebrations came out because of a christmas carol christmas the, the traditions we have today are from this and this really brings us to the victorian traditions which angel you want to tell us a bit about that yeah i mean like there there's a whole lot of them i still eat boiled goose to this day um, yeah <laughs> no but like there's just a lot of little things that happen um 1828, Joel Poinsett, America's minister to Mexico, he brings back green and red plant, which becomes a symbol of the holiday. He's like, look at this funny Mexican plant I got. And they're like, <laughs> and America went, Christmas. Yeah. Like, that's basically what happened. <laughs> These are poinsettias, by the way, for exactly. all of listeners who didn't piece this together. Uh, Queen Victoria marries Albert of Germany, and Germans uh, have their own like, traditions around the holiday. And he brought his old... Crot ways with them. Apologies <laughs> to all our German listeners. Right. Can we say how offensive is that? <laughs> but like, he, you know, they, he brings his traditions with him, which includes the Christmas tree. Christmas cards were introduced in the 1840s. They're also like in 1848 specifically, the London Illustrated News published an engraving of the royal family with the Christmas tree. The first most English had ever seen. I just love it because then like in letters, people just start saying things like we had a Christmas tree as is custom. Or uh, as we always had. And it's like, no, you didn't. You just saw that the royal family did it. And now you're just like, oh, that's a thing we're supposed to. Yeah, we've done that. We did. Yeah. It is old school keeping up with the Joneses. And I'm glad you said that because it is so relevant to the traditions of, of today, which we're going to get to in some later origins. But yeah, no, just immediately like, no, this thing we've always done. It's like, dude, you heard about this three years ago. It, it was all like based on nostalgia. It was all like, well, back in the old country, this is what we did. It's like, no, exactly. no one did this. If it was based on the old country we'd also be very very drunk yeah <laughs> and basically the protestants during this time they had no interest in adopting christmas you would not find christmas in a protestant church it's everywhere else but there so then on christmas everyone who was normally going to protestant churches would be like well let's see what the catholics are doing they seem like a good time the first time that had ever been said in history i believe <laughs> and the protestant church was immediately just like don't do that do not go into a catholic church we are not doing this again. We will tell you all the stories about a baby in a manger you can shake a stick at. Just do not, please, for the love of God, do not, do not, I swear to God, do not go to a Catholic church right now. I swear to God, do not go to a Catholic church right now. Don't, don't you fucking, don't, don't, don't. I'm Catholic. I don't know why I channel the anger of Protestants yeah. so well. <laughs> Because you probably experienced it your whole life. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm just like, I've seen, I've been on the, I'm an inside man. I'm just like, I get it. I get why you guys are so mad all the time about Catholics. <laughs> Protests basically were like, you know what? There's Christmas at the house. Come on. Like, yeah. that's what they did. <laughs> but then we have our biggest feature of the holiday. The reason for the season. I am, of course, speaking of Santa Claus. Yeah. Uh, Santa Claus. <laughs> yes, yes. So like basically after Odin, we had an actual saint, St. Nicholas, who is the origin of Santa. That's where we get old St. Nick from. Uh, <laughs> December 6th, St. Nicholas Day, children got gifts, bad children got nothing. 
And poor kids got cold that they mind themselves. Uh, <laughs> that's not true, probably. <laughs> well, basically, St. Nicholas was just known for being like a very like generous person. Like that, like he's a saint because he was known as the wonder maker. And he would like give gifts to everybody and like would take care of his community. And then we were just like, cool, let's combine that with the eight-legged horse yep. guy <laughs> from the Vikings and let's party. You know, in my mind, St. Nicholas is like this really scrawny dude. And like, dude, we love Nick, but he's just so creepy. How do we make him cooler? Remember Odin? Yeah. We should just, <laughs> we should just make him look like Odin. Just make him look like Odin. <laughs> in Holland, they had Sinterklaas. And that became a tradition that also when people from Holland came to America, they brought Sinterklaas over and they were just like, let's throw that into the mix. So they have uh, Svata Piet, a.k.a. Black Peter. Black Peter uh, was a servant or slave that was depicted as a Moor, a.k.a. somebody with melanin or darker because of the suit from chimneys. And he there's this big issue with them because, I mean, it's part of like, you know, Holland's tradition. But the thing is, you have to be in blackface. <laughs> So every year, an entire the entire Dutch people are just like, yeah, this is this is normal, and everybody's like, is it? And they're like, yes, it is. That is my opinion. That's essentially what they do. And they were just like, okay, okay, how do we fix this? How do we fix this? Uh, just take the chimney thing and give it to the uh, the hodgepodge over here. We're just gonna add. Such we have Odin, Saint Nicholas, and Santa Claus uh, mixing pot. Let's throw in Black Peter in there as well, and just say that guy goes down chimneys too. So we don't have to do racial violence every time. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like, it's not a black guy. It's a guy who went through chimneys. You're like, you're making this worse. Right. <laughs> you're not making it better. And what's crazy is like, uh, I think like two years ago, they did a survey and it was like, all those people were like, yeah, this is fine. And then, you know, this year, BLM demonstrations and just like a more overall awareness in the global culture and the zeitgeist, that lowered. To 47%, which means one out of every two Dutch people don't have a problem still with this freaking uncomfortable tradition. Like, this is blatant blackface. It's like, dude, this should not need to be explained to you for more than four seconds. And they're like, no, but it's soot. It's like, cool, but there are connotations here throughout all of history. And you're Dutch. You don't have a good history with slavery to begin with. And they're like, what do you mean? You invented it, asshole. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, it's like, I'm not like that. No, you literally invented the problem. Yeah. It, was you. it was your idea. It's like, the French were pretty bad. They at least invented democracy, you dick. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, here's the thing. If it was really, like, just soot, it would just be a white guy, like, covered in, like, some black paint. Not completely. It'd be like, yes, soot. Look, I can still see things. Right. But, like, red lipstick, too. Oh, yeah. And you're, like, and you're doing caricature dances and stuff come on man it's blatant and, and obvious and they are making progress so slowly like again it's half the number it was but it's still half of the population how are you how are you not past this by the way santa has various other companions like there are plenty to choose from yeah black peter makes krampus look like a good guy right <laughs> <laughs> well then yeah we have krampus who is a goat demon friend of santa who goes around kidnapping the bad kids. By the way, is suspected to be older than actual Christmas. It's just 17th century where they're like, we got Krampus, maybe put him with Santa. <laughs> it's like when they were just like, okay, we need them to be a duo. We need to we need to be a duo. We need to revitalize Krampus's brand for a new generation. What if we paired him up with Santa? Like buddy cop movie, Santa and Krampus. <laughs> <laughs> they essentially did the Ozzy Osbourne thing. We're like, man, how do we get Ozzy relevant again? The Osbournes. Yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, how do you get this metalhead goat dude famous again? Put him in a reality TV show. <laughs> it's like when you're just like, hey, guess what? Paul McCartney has a new song with Taylor Swift. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's essentially what it, and you're like, all right, let's, let's listen to this. Obviously, Santa, we have milk and cookies. You gave Krampus schnapps. You left your schnapps out for Krampus. Oh, that's so sick, dude. That's like, it's the most metal thing. And <laughs> Santa had all kinds of these dark companions. Literally. Yeah. God. All right. I feel bad about that one now. <laughs> there was Nick Ruprecht, who, if the children don't know their prayers, he beats them with a bag of ashes. <laughs> I, I know. That how, was how badly up. would that hurt? Uh, I mean, if it's enough of them, it, it'll be like a sack of dirt. Yeah. <laughs> and you're covered in soot of your other friends. <laughs> 
You've got Parkelge and Bartel, Belznickel, Belzebub, and my favorite, Schmutli. And this is traditional along the Germanic and Scandinavian regions. And they've got this always different counterparts to Santa. And this is going for a while. In 1932, Austria bans Krampus. <laughs> They released these pamphlets in the 1950s that say Krampus is an evil man. It's like, yeah, that's his entire thing. No one was debating that's this. That's his shtick. Krampus is like in front of Congress, like uh, the dude from Twisted Sister, like, hell yeah, brother, that's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get to the, the current Christmas. So let me just wrap this up real quick about how we get to the actual Santa Claus of today, which is we get Clement Clark Moore, who's hears of Sinterklaas. He writes a poem for his children, A Visit from St. Nicholas, which we know often is the night before Christmas. The reindeer, the chimney, a lot of Santa's general appearance came from this story, but it kind of varied. In fact, there was one story of him as a drunkard being pulled by turkeys. It's not until Thomas Nast, who you might know for making the donkey and elephant for the Democrats and Republicans or, or for Uncle Sam. This was him. He was one of the first, uh, he's considered the father of American cartoon. And he draws Santa as we know him today. He's round, he's jolly, he's got this long white beard. And was interesting commentary at the time, because he was very much a political commentator, was he draws him as essentially the robber barons at the time, except he's their exact opposite. And because of that, he's bright and happy instead of wearing these dark suits. And it's crazy because the depiction of Santa that most of us know now is literally based on like Coca-Cola ads that use that art. That's it. Yeah, it's that, that same art. Thomas Nast did that. The Santa you know is from 1863. And if you don't see it, look up like an old Santa, like Coca-Cola ad of like that like old school John, compared to like Uncle Sam and you'll be like, oh, it's the same guy, clearly. Oh, yeah. Who made the, both these things. A hundred percent. And and Santa was actually revolutionary uh, in, in the switch on Christmas because parents pretend <laughs> for the public and for themselves that shopping wasn't like an act of commerce. He was immediately used in ads abundantly by everyone. And it let people buy without traditional value judgments on it. Santa was this complete change, even though, again, he's now referred to as this tie-in to Jesus and Christmas tradition. It was like, no, he was just immediately a prop for commerce. He's very much like capitalism's face. In oh, yeah, he, he absolutely was. Which is like leading into like modern Christmas and like the war on it and stuff, because it's wild. That's exactly it. When you start looking into this, because the thing is, what's claimed as the war on Christmas was just an attempt to, it, it, I mean, it's, it's said so dramatically. And all it was, was that Basically, everyone else said, hey, can we be included a little bit? And they said, wow, you don't want Christmas. And like, no, you can have Christmas. Just maybe mention our thing. In fact, one of the big things that launched this was this Montgomery School District backlash, where there is massive reporting that the district had removed Christmas from the calendars. And when you look into it, you find out what happened was some Muslim people of the town had said, hey, can you just include a single Muslim holiday? It falls on the same date as a Jewish holiday. You're already giving this day off. And instead of doing that, they removed all holidays and instantly Muslims were blamed for trying to remove Christmas. They said, we want you to have Christmas. We just want to be able to do our thing too. Yeah, it's it's definitely, it smells of like somebody trying to do the right thing and messing up more. That's exactly it. And leading to like a giant thing. Like it's somebody who's trying to be you know, I'm like, you know, I'm the opposite of like a lot of comedians where they're like, oh, there shouldn't be political correctors. I'm like, no, there absolutely should be at so, to some level. Right. And somebody was trying to just overdo it and by mistake caused this whole nother fucking issue that we have to deal with now. And it's it's unfortunate. But yeah, it's the war on Christmas started off just like Andrew said, where it's like, hey, we do our own thing. Y'all can do that. Can we just we literally just tack it on? Just literally paper clip it in. And they said get them. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like they said, get them, boys. And then it's just... And, and Angel actually nailed it. When you look at, read the accounts from people that said this, they they were really trying to be inclusive, or at least they say they did. We, we don't know how much it was, but it probably wasn't malicious. The malice only came from the right-wingers who, who tried to paint it as Muslims attacking. But look, as a Jew from this, because I'm happy if you say Merry Christmas. You're Jewish? Jewish? Yes. <laughs> that, that's come up a few times because we've been doing so much Christmas stuff. What? But... Um, <laughs> Since when? I, I'm happy to hear Merry Christmas. I The only change when you say Happy Holidays is, said is I appreciate that there's an effort to include me. But again, I've got a tree. I celebrate Christmas too. I don't know anybody that minds it. It was just they latched on and were able to see this as an attack, or, or rather they were able to frame it as an attack. I don't think anybody actually thinks it's an attack who, who is saying these things uh, on the news. But what was so interesting here was there. here is the tie-in to all of Christmas history because they start claiming the real meaning of Christmas when they start claiming it's under attack. And there is basically just a 10-year period 
after World War II that people are talking about when they re refer to the, the pure years of Christmas. And even that's not really the case. It's just when Christmas was most effectively marketed as the holiday of the family, same way it was during the Victorian period, but now it coincides with religious ideals of the time as the church had finally accepted it instead of rebelling. Well, it's those 10 years of that giant economic boom where we get the big image of like white picket fence. Exactly. Middle-class family. And so they're like, that's the real meaning of Christmas. It's like no civil rights for people of color. That's what the Christmas was. <laughs> like, exactly. Because like, I mean, just as a person of color, I definitely see that era as of like, oh, that is definitely built on the backs of like a lot of poor people and a lot of like minorities that you shit on. So I never see that with like rose-colored glasses. I see that like, no, that... That wasn't great. And like, there was terrible things happening in that culture, regardless, like a lot of people. So like, it was definitely one of those things where it's like, it's a facade that could easily be pierced, but people love the facade so much and they love the way it looked to where they're, they're like, oh, well, that's what Christmas was about. And I'm like, you mean this fake thing that everybody kind of made up and put their own meaning behind? And yeah, of course you love it. <laughs> I want to be clear that like, if you're paying attention, this was definitely not a good 10 years after World War II for the vast majority of people, it's talked about that way from people of privilege, people that, that already had the advantage. It was like, you mean things were great for you when things were great for you? That's, yeah, of, of course they were. It's like how people were like, the 80s were great. I'm like, you mean the crack epidemic and a terrible economy? And This was, was not an ideal period, but it's painted this way by those that feel, because they really do treat this as a tradition that's lasted forever, but it has never been that. There's been this whole fight to put the Christ in Christmas, but it's not the day. It used to just be a fuck fest and it was just like a, a great time but then they they really tried to hammer it into what it was i mean uh in 350 the pope came out it was just like guess what guys this is actually jesus's birthday now december 25th <laughs> which is an abuse of papal infallibility if i've ever heard it like yeah whatever you hold true on earth i'll hold true in heaven well you're being kind of a dick now yeah. right? you're also just like yeah. guess what guys uh this is now eight inches and it's like pope come on yeah. oh. <laughs> I, I love pope come on I, we need to start a new podcast with that being the name pope come oh, on oh, pope come and then on, the gesture like, yeah. like with his arms yeah just like, a podcast where we murr. just do bad things popes have done when can we get a shot of you doing this too we use it for promos pope come on pope <laughs> oh pope pope what you doing pope pope that girl's eight years old <laughs> So, Woof. <laughs> but what's wild is like when you look at Christmas and like what it is, it's very much like this thing that was started by like working class people that were struggling, that were like trying to, and like they just wanted to have one big banger yeah. at the end of the year trying to do, and it was cool and it caught on. And then rich people were like, oh, we want, we want some of this. They took it, they made it too fancy. And then they took it away from like poor folks basically. And then when we were got mad about it, they put all these rules on us. Right. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And then like, and then it eventually turned into, you know, the uh, worship of late stage capitalism that is now. You're right. It's the very common practice of they stole something from somebody else. And when, when, when we kind of said, hey, don't do that. They said, you're trying to take this away from us. And I was like, dude, you, you just took it. You just took it from them. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're telling you, you're yeah. doing it wrong. And they're like, no, 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 we're not. We're doing great. If I could just kind of wrap it up. I mean, Christmas is always changing. It is it has changed from the very beginning. It wasn't originally a Christian holiday. It became one. It was originally a giant party. Uh, we added some piousness to it. We have a uh, Odin over here. We eventually turned him into Santa. It's constantly something that changes as all traditions do. And we are in a year where Christmas is going to look very different for a lot of people. And we're all looking back at the Christmases we grew up with. And a lot of people aren't going to be able to do that this year. Whether, uh, sorry to get serious, but if you've lost loved ones, if you can't be around your family, I know a lot of people are struggling with that. This is going to be a different Christmas and it's very easy to look at the nostalgia of before. But just know this holiday has always changed, always been going through different revisions. What this Christmas is going to be might lead to something that you could bring into your future Christmases. Because whatever the holiday does mean to you, if it's a religious holiday, if you're doing a fuck fest, not this year, but normally, <laughs> I just want you to know that whatever this year is going to be, it can lead to great traditions for the future, or we might be able to move past it entirely, but this is going to be part of Christmas history. And guys, we're living it, and it's going to be okay.
Sorry to get super serious. I just had to say. I appreciate it. No, don't be. I think you wrapped it up very well. You you definitely explained that. Because, I mean, even when you think about, you know, your family's traditions of Christmas, like how many times has that changed? Oh, yeah. In fact, we did turkey most of my life for Christmas. And I have finally said, I just, I can't do it. I made a turkey for Thanksgiving the past couple years. It's too much turkey. I've done the roast instead. And it's a small thing. But when I first talked to my family about it, they had a very hard time adjusting. They said, well, this is what we've always done. I was like, yeah, cool. But we don't need to. But we always have dry <laughs> but, but realizing how hard it was for them that because there is such nostalgia tied to it both internally and externally because it's painted as that when you realize that you're also being told hey guess what Christmas was never what you thought it was people have a bit of a hard time with it but I, I think that does bring us full circle on this that what we love about Christmas is the personalized traditions the fact that it has an absolutely fascinating history what where it went wrong was the actual <laughs> ban on Christmas in the 1640s and the attempt to control this holiday and then the resurgence of this attempt to be controlled that, that we are seeing again today. But it has an absolutely fascinating history and it really is a fantastic opportunity to just come together and celebrate whatever your purpose is. And I'm really glad we have that opportunity. But along with that, we also have a segment called In Their Defense, where one of us has to defend the ban on Christmas. <laughs> Who's got a defense for that? Okay, here's the thing. We shouldn't ban a festival and like a party on that just happens to land in the winter. But like, do we need to do Christmas mass? It's midnight. We're all tired. <laughs> We want to go to sleep. A lot of Mexicans, they're trying to open presents. But no, they're at church. And like, everybody's half asleep. It's boring. Timmy can't hit his notes because he's in puberty. It's rough. It's not a good time. But in all seriousness, I think uh, I think definitely if we just kind of remove fully the religious undertones and go back to a completely just, hey, this is just a secular party we like to have. I think, uh, I think we'll be happier. Because I mean, it's kind of where it's going anyway. But my thing is like that squeaky wheel's really, really loud with the Christ stuff. So uh, maybe ban that part. <laughs> this is interesting. So your take is the ban on Christmas was actually a good thing. They just banned the wrong part. Correct. That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is creative. I appreciate that. I'm over here like, baby, separation of church and state. Yeah. <laughs> Fully appreciate it. Angel, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been a lot of fun, guys. Hey, thanks so much for having me. You guys are great. Uh, Wednesday, I know you got serious there, but I think you nailed it perfectly. I think Christmas is going to be fucking strange this year. Yeah. But we'll see, Andrew. You also nailed it with just the changing traditions. And, you know, I th- I do remember a time where I, like, telecommunicated into Christmas and they just shit all over it. They're like, Nico, why are you not here? And I'm like, first of all, Mom, you don't sound like that at all. Why, why are you talking like that? <laughs> <laughs> this impression of you is terrible. But more importantly, like, you know, the, you know, it just didn't go well. And, like, and I was like, all right, fine. And then, like, I made it a point to go. And now it's like... I'm hoping like zooming into Christmas for a hot second is more accepted. Absolutely. Yeah. Just because like that sounds great. Like less pressure, you save some money. It's a good time. I'm glad that we've at least kind of found ways to do it. One of my sisters, my mother is in Chicago. My younger sister is out in California, not going to be able to make it. But yeah, I mean, I think we're going to find ways to do it. And I think ultimately what Wednesday is, is true. We're going to come up with new traditions. And when and I both said about a week ago, we were talking about just like kind of what's the best part of Christmas. And we both came up with a Muppet Christmas Carol. It's great. Yeah, it's up there. Definitely. We've got our own traditions. We, we build them. We're going to continue to build them. So guys, I, I know this is a tough year, but I hope you're hanging in there. I hope this has helped brighten your day a little bit. That's that's what we're here for. We're going to be here next week with Michael Ian Black to talk about some of the history of music, which I know I took to a place <laughs> when did not expect. It was a lot of fun. It was absolutely fantastic to talk to. I hope you'll join us next week. If you enjoyed this, please uh, subscribe. Give us five stars. It helps us out so much. And uh, we'll see you next week. See you next week, Wen. Bye. 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 Bye.